Hello, my friend, Jenny Holbert here, and you're listening to another episode of the Wild Wellness Podcast. Today, we're talking about asking better questions as a conscious consumer. So I'm that person who checks ingredients labels, looks to buy from socially conscious companies, donates to organizations doing good for the environment, and I am not perfect at any of this, but I take steps as I learn so I can do better. And that's what I want this episode to offer you. I want to offer you some inspiration when it comes to food, fitness, and wellness products like essential oils. But before we go there, are you a member of the wild yet? This is an amazing time to join us and become a patron of the podcast. You can see the gifts that you get this month by going to jennyholbert.com forward slash wild members. The link is in the show notes. But in a nutshell, there's members only episodes. There's a free autumn guidebook for you in October. There is giveaways, essential oil toolkits, monthly Q&A coaching with me, a chance to give back to one of my favorite organizations supporting people around the globe to become more self-reliant, and there's more. So you can find out all the details at jennyholbert.com forward slash wild members. So in this episode, we're going to talk about food, fitness, and wellness products, specifically essential oils, when it comes to asking better questions as a conscious consumer. First, let's start with the food industry, shall we? (laughs) When I was in my early 20s, I became obsessed with my body weight and the desire for thinness. In fact, it really started in my teens. And I really think that the diet media crazes and teen magazines and all of that really had me hooked on this messaging that I needed to do something different, that diets were really important. And, you know, I just really got this heavy dose of self-judgment and a negative body image that I had of myself. And I remember my mom actually going on a diet after giving birth to my younger sister. And understandably, she wanted to lose extra weight that she had gained during pregnancy. But over time and starting around that time, I found that I was really examining my own body and my relationship with food. And it started to become very fearful and like I needed to control it. And driven by this perfectionist tendency that I seem to have in other areas as well. And I remember feeling very confused about diets, food labels, how to eat. And over time into in my teens, I developed an eating disorder and bulimia was present in my life for about 10 years. It wasn't until college when I started learning about the commercial food industry workings and food marketing and labeling that my eyes were finally opened. And I am so glad because once you know better, you can do better. And it really helped pull me out of all of the confusion because when I realized that food is a gift and nature has something that no food manufacturer or packaged food on the shelf can match, I totally went back to this belief that I really had within me all along that the best food to eat was that from creation and not the stuff that's packaged and tampered with to basically uh, feed back into the industry. So after years of struggling with my body image and food, I learned too much to go back and I finally made peace with my plate, so to speak. I came back to nature and my struggle with food and an eating disorder dissolved as I learned about the tools and practices that 
you will find really could help you out of something similar. So I talked about that in another episode, by the way, episode 31, if you want to go back and listen more on that. But as I look back, I see that those challenges that I had with food were in part from what I was eating and part from how and why I was eating. So maybe you can relate too with the confusion around what to eat and maybe be confused about diets, food labels, how to eat and what timing and all of that. And I think it's common because there's so much misinformation out there. And as I said, I shared my food philosophy and this detailed journey in episode 31. But basically, you know, we have to be aware of what's in our food, whether we're buying produce or purchasing it in a package. And it's important to think about the ingredients and the impact that food has on the environment. I have a quick story. I remember the first time I was driving through Arizona and I smelled something from inside the car with the windows up that was awful. I had never smelled anything like it before. And I have to tell you, you may know this about me, but I grew up on a beef cattle farm and we had other farm animals as well. As I raised animals in 4-H, we had pigs, we had sheep and um, yeah, a horse at one point, but cows mostly. I had smelled farm animals before, okay? And we were driving through this area and it was pretty dark so you couldn't really see, but the person I was with told me that what we were smelling was a huge stockyard of cattle. And it was the first time that I had that knowledge that that's where most beef in the supermarket comes from was these stockyards where cattle are kept in really disgusting conditions and they're not cared for well. They're not out on these beautiful green grazing pastures. They're pumped full of grain and oftentimes medications to keep them healthy. And it just opened my eyes up to what was really happening. So educate yourself on things like this, on the meat industry, on dairy products, on everything really that uh, to help you understand why it's so important to choose high-quality, ethically raised meat sources, for example, why it's important to eat a more plant-based diet in the culture and the world that we live in, why it's important for you to look into whether or not you have any food intolerances or allergies for your own well-being. There's a lot of resources out there. There are documentaries, there are books, and I will link to a few in the show notes that might be helpful as you're going through this. I'll link to one of the first ones that really had an impact on me as I was exploring this more and understanding more about food labeling, but I just encourage you to really examine and ask good questions of the food that you're eating and of its source. So now let's talk about fitness. There's this messaging that I have noticed in the fitness industry that's perpetuated by our culture of productivity, of linear goal setting, of go hard or go home, of a very masculine energy, really. And I am all about returning to a lifestyle that operates in cycles of understanding that what nature models for us, again, just like with food, we have nature as a model and as a source, nature models us in in terms of the way that we work and rest that things operate in cycles nature doesn't bloom all year right and if you listen to this podcast you have likely heard me talk about this before 
how I notice that my energy takes a dip the week before I menstruate, for example. And before I started to pay attention to my cycle and understand how to respond to this, I would get really frustrated with myself and my lack of motivation because I would start to feel more tired and less interested in certain things, in certain workouts even, and I just started to beat myself up. And as that carried over into my work and I didn't feel creative, I would ask what's wrong with me. You know, I wasn't feeling excited about things and it just felt like everything was imploding and I was, you know, sinking down into this black hole that I was never going to come out of. And I really asked that question over and over again, like, what's wrong with me? But it turns out there was nothing wrong with me. It was just the natural ebb and flow of the month. And it happened every single month. And it's it was perfect. You know, it's what needed to happen. It just was something that I needed to accept and understand. So I've also shared how our society and now, I'd like to point out the fitness culture in general, not all, but in general, thinks in linear direction when actually everything is cyclical. We have seasons. There are phases of the moon. As women, we have this hormonal cycle each month. And yet, living in this flow of a cycle is not deeply valued in our culture for the most part. And the truth is, this affects our experience as women, not only with our monthly bleed, but with workouts and with work and our relationships and how we think that we should show up for things. And it really bothers me how in fitness this leads to overtraining and overexercising and burnout because I have been there. And I've noticed that most training plans and goal setting guidelines favor this linear approach, which doesn't take our femininity and cyclical nature into consideration whatsoever. So yes, challenging yourself is awesome and it may be important to you, but rather than simply looking at it in a straight line where you start down here and you consistently move your way upwards until you reach the top of whatever it is, whether that's uh, a race or just a specific ability that you have, whatever your goal is, it's so much healthier to realize that ebbs and flows are normal. And if you have that dip in the month, it's not that it's heading all downhill from there like I was thinking at one point. And, you know, that's it. It's, it's this flow. It's this cycle. It's this up and down that you're going to experience. And I'm really here to help women who want to reach their goals without sacrificing their health, who love to work out but don't want to burn out because they understand that they operate in a cycle. So the question to ask yourself a better question about any fitness advice or any fitness plan or when you're in a class how does I guess in the case of a fitness plan how does this apply to me right now in the season I'm in or in the cycle I'm experiencing ask that a fitness advice that you're reading that you're questioning or wondering how you know, if it applies to you or if you're feeling confused about it, ask it of a fitness plan. And when you're going into your choice of movement for the day, whether that's a class or whether that's a run, ask yourself, how does this fit with the period of the cycle that I'm in right now? And if you're not sure what period of the cycle that you're in, what phase you're in, then that would be a great thing to start tracking. And I can't tell you how helpful it can be to do that. When you track the day of the cycle that you're in, the inner season that you're in, which I have talked all about in previous episodes, I will link to some resources for you if this is the first time you're hearing about it and you want to um, track that for yourself. But 
be hugely helpful for you to start doing that so that you can see patterns and you can ask yourself those questions. Finally, let's talk essential oils, wellness products, supplements. This could probably apply a lot of the things I share to that whole category of products. So nature offers us these beautiful aromatic essential oils through the plants, leaves, flowers, resin, or roots, sometimes even from different parts of the plant, needles, all different parts depending on the plant. And the compounds that are found in essential oils offer the plant benefit for its own survival. And I, the way I look at it is we get to borrow that built-in immune system when we use essential oils. It's a holistic way to help us avoid using synthetic products with negative side effects and to help us live a less toxic filled life. So if you do use essential oils, the question that is most important for you to ask is do you know what's in the bottle? Experts estimate that 80% of commercially available quote unquote pure essential oils are adulterated in some way. So basically adulterations are a common practice in the essential oil industry. So just like you can get food out of your garden or you can buy it in a package, the quality and the benefits are different, right? And essential oils are different as well. Their quality standards are not all the same because not all companies have a mutual standard. Now, I've been using essential oils for over a decade now, and after using a lot of different brands and qualities, I've chosen to use doTERRA essential oils as a conscious consumer and as a wellness professional because of the purity and the quality of the essential oils as well as the philanthropy of the company. So... They are recognized at this point as the global leader in essential oil sourcing and testing as well as research. Their quality standards include rigorous testing to ensure that therapeutic qualities are present and also that there's the absence of chemicals, contaminants, and things that we wouldn't want to have in the essential oil. And of course, there's nothing synthetic added to them to cut corners. And for me, this means confidence in the products I'm using because of the integrity of the company and the practices that they have. I love that they source plants from where the plant grows indigenously, where their chemistry is optimal and where they can have the most positive environmental impact for sustainable practices. So all of these details that I'm mentioning are things that you want to be asking of the products that you're choosing, whether that's an essential oil or even some of this might apply to other wellness products and supplements as well. But there's also another reason why doTERRA reaches around the world to source essential oils and doesn't just buy farms. They actually build farmers. Every time that you buy a bottle of doTERRA essential oil, you are supporting every person that's been involved in that supply chain. So doTERRA is committed to sustainable, fair sourcing and partnerships with farmers that eliminates brokers, basically the middlemen who have oftentimes in the past taken advantage of the grower, not paying them fairly or on time. So the commitment that doTERRA has is so different, which makes it possible for growers to provide for their families, send their kids to school, buy land, and be partnered with a company that they trust because we have their best interest in mind. And the essential oil industry, unfortunately, is jaded with a lot of dishonesty. And I see that when companies like doTERRA step up their standards and invite 
a different integrity, a different quality, it really urges everyone else to do the same and kind of calls out what's happening in the dark corners. And I also think it's important when companies educate customers through blogs, through videos, through safety guides, through events, through wellness advocates and different conferences or research that they might share. So that's another reason that I've chosen to align with these products because of the education that's there. And it's something you want to ask of products that you use, what kind of backing and research or education is there around this. And as I've said, the other reason that I've chosen doTERRA essential oils is because of the mission and philanthropy of the company. I am extremely proud to support the Healing Hands Foundation, which is doTERRA's nonprofit where customers have the opportunity to donate a dollar or more each month. And every year, millions of dollars are raised and invested in people and communities to give them a hand up. So, for example, in Haiti, where we source our vetiver essential oil, there is clean drinking water available now because before, children were walking hours in each direction to collect water every day. And that obviously takes up a lot of time where they're not able to go to school and not only that, but really not even having access to really clean drinking water. They were just going to where they could get it. Another example is in Guatemala, where we source cardamom essential oil. There's been feminine hygiene education. So the women are taught about their menstrual cycle and about their health and well-being in that area of their life and really given the tools in order to take care of themselves better in that way. Bulgaria, where we source lavender, there has been a safe space provided for transitioning orphans who are 16 to 18 years old in which they live there and can learn hospital uh, hospitality skills and integrate them into the world in a really supportive way as they transition. In Somalia, where we source our frankincense, we've provided schooling for the farmers children, a lot of them um, being girls, because usually education is saved for the boys. So I personally love partnering with a soulful company that has people's lives and the earth's future in mind. And the list could go on here. I just gave you some examples. But you know, whether you are looking to personally use essential oils or whether you're looking to build a conscious business and incorporate them into your work, I think it's just so important to ask the better question of how is this purchase impacting people on both sides of the bottle? How is it impacting the world? Where did it come from? How was it tested? Is it making the world a better place for people who are involved in this process? So if you want to find out more about this in particular, I have all the things for you with doTERRA essential oils at jennyholbert.com forward slash oils, and I will link to that in the show notes. So asking better questions as a wellness consumer, in my opinion, means asking with food, what's on this ingredient label? How can I consume this with less impact on the environment? Is there something that would better serve my health? With fitness, how does this apply to me right now in the season I'm in? Is this a good goal for me, for the cycle that I'm experiencing? What workout or what movement does my body crave today? And with essential oils or in the case of some supplements, 
What's in this product? How is it tested for quality? Where does it come from? Who is it impacting for better or for worse? What's the impact on the environment? I hope this episode has inspired you to ask better questions as a wellness consumer. As always, I would love to hear your biggest insights and takeaways. You can come and send me a DM over on Instagram at Jenny Holbert or leave a comment on one of my posts there. I would truly love to hear from you. Hey, before you go, if you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe, review, and share it with someone. Thank you so much for listening, for showing up, and until we chat again, go live your one wild life.